Hello and welcome to the Tech Pod. This is a special bonus episode. I'm Laura Milstein. And I'm Kevin Albert. And today we have a very special guest. If you are a regular to our show, which hopefully you are, you've heard from him before because he's actually been on our show. And if you are not a regular on our show, welcome to the show and thanks for picking this bonus episode to join us. Very excited to have you all here listening to us. Not actually here, but it feels like you are to me. So to all our listeners out there, Kevin, can you tell everyone who who are we talking to here? We are joined by Michael Cordoraro. Yeah, we are. And again, he's been on here before. So if you are in the e-discovery space and you don't know him, you're not in the e-discovery space because everyone knows him. That is for sure. And if you're in the cybersecurity space or any other field and you're wondering what, why would I care about e-discovery? We're in it and we wonder it too. So bear with us. Maybe today will be the day you get excited about it. But uh, Michael... Welcome to this special bonus episode. Thanks for having me, Laura. And thanks, Kevin, for the introduction. Thanks for joining us today. People are probably like, that's all we get, just his name, no bio, no information. It's in the mail out. Did you not read our emails, listeners? Come on, go back to the the mail out and check it out. But today, more than talking about you, Michael, is what's going on with ACEDS. So ACEDS, for those of you who don't know, is what... Michael, can you tell our listeners? I like to say ACEDS is the world's foremost foremost organization for training and certification in electronic discovery and adjacent fields. We are an educational organization. We have chapters around the globe. We have members. We have an advisory board. We have tons of folks working in the e-discovery space from law firms, corporate legal, the government, service providers, all of whom convene and converge to understand how law and technology intertwine in what we call e-discovery. I love that. And for anybody who's familiar with ACEDS, or if you're not, go check it out. They have a lot of great programs to continue your education or to start your education. But the one we want to talk about today and the whole reason behind this bonus episode is to introduce a certificate program. Kevin, what is that program? It is the International E-Discovery Executive Certificate Program. It was just launched this past week, I believe. Yes, it was on the 20th of November. So that means we know it's been out for at least a week. So if you're listening and you haven't stepped up to check out this program, you're late. But if you're also just hearing about it, it's not too late to step up and learn about it. Michael, why should we care about this? What is this? Well, we've always had the, I'll call it the standard e-discovery executive certificate program. But some of the feedback we've gotten over the years is that it's very US-centric. And as we, as an organization, try to reach international audiences, the thinking was that, hey, you know, we can recreate this program. We've got the basics. And let's let's strip out all the references to the US federal rules of civil procedure with some which someone in Europe could care less about. And let's let's build a program that is foundational in nature, uh, introduces folks to the concepts and principles and practices of e-discovery, but but without sort of jurisdictionally limiting it to the United States. So 
what we what we try to put forward in the program is that handful of things that you've got to get right at sort of each stage of the e-discovery process, but without, again, without reference to the U.S. laws and practices. There's internationally recognized concepts off the top of my head, and a, a, a legal hold, for instance. That is not a rule-based or it's it's an internationally accepted concept. So you put a legal hold in place, whether you're in Europe or in Asia or New Zealand. So we try to hone in on those sort of best practices, universal policies and procedures that are really going to enhance someone's e-discovery education. And it's particularly designed for people who are fairly new to the industry. It's, it's considered foundational. It's not like our said certification product, which is you know for much more experienced practitioners. I think this is interesting. For me, one of the things I, I found interesting when I lived in Ireland for a few years was how amorphous the litigation support role is over in Ireland and, and in Europe in general. Like there's a lot more definitive legal support groups in the US. And over there, like you have everything from a paralegal to an attorney to a partner doing e-discovery. And so there's a, a huge mixed bag of education, of training, of specialties. And so I was really kind of amazed at how truly the Wild West it was over there. Is that the reason for this? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's true in Canada. I think that's true in other parts of the world, certainly in Europe. And, and some of it is cultural. You know, the United States is unique in several ways. First of all, we're probably the most litigious society in the world. We, we just sue everybody for everything. And it's it's a little bit different in, in let's take, just take the EU, for example. Things e-discovery related or more compliance-based. It's more privacy-based. It's more complying with various regulations around how you use and manage and process data. There, there are obviously strict limitations on how you do that. And we get into some of that in the course, of course, but it, it's just, it, it is vastly different. So your, your point is well taken, Kevin. Michael, I just want you to know that you said, and we get into that in the course, of course. And I was waiting for the next like Dr. Seuss line to to come up. No, he's like, I'm not, I'm not getting it. I hate your jokes. Your humor is terrible. For those listening, if you thought it was funny, let me know. But Michael, I love e-discovery education and I don't love e-discovery. And I mean, I love e-discovery, but I also find e-discovery to be one of those things where, and, and just to just to dive into it, like where it's kind of, no one wants to hear about like, how do you review documents? That's boring as hell. But what I think is important and what not everybody recognizes is you're not going to college to learn e-discovery. And yet e-discovery is an important thing to to know and to be a part of and even to get into the field of e-discovery where you're gaining your knowledge. And so we have to look at things where you may go to law school and be a lawyer, and then all of a sudden you're working at a firm or you're working in-house, in counsel or whatever, and realizing, why do I need to know this technology? Because you weren't prepared for it. And on the other side, if you're looking at different technology avenues and want to go into things, how do you get this? Or if you're working as a PM and you want to expand your knowledge, Again, you're not really getting a master's degree in e-discovery. You're not getting an undergrad in e-discovery. So there are limitations to where you can get your learning. And I don't think everybody is aware of why it's so important. So when you've created this now, you know, you have the original program, you have this new program. What's your hope? What are your aspirations in the e-discovery learning field? So there's a lot to unpack there. Let's start with the idea that if you're involved in litigation, 
there's no way to avoid e-discovery. It's just not possible. And that's true in other areas of practice as well. You could say the same thing in criminal practice, in, in family practice, in bankruptcy, in antitrust, intellectual property. All those practice areas and more involve in some way the collection, processing, and review of electronically stored information in some way, shape, or form. And the, and the same could frankly be said of corporate practice, of transactional practice. They're using some of those concepts, collecting, processing, reviewing documents, even in the context of merger and acquisition work. So the first thing out of the box is you're not a litigator if you don't understand e-discovery. That's a pretty, I think, uncontroversial comment. I think and, that's fair. <laughs> and I think that, that, you know, the problem lies, at least we view the problem as students who go to school, whether that's here in the States or somewhere around the world, they're not getting taught e-discovery. They're not getting taught technology or how to review documents or what an e-discovery review platform is or a forensic collection tool. They're not getting taught those things in law schools around the world. And so that's why ACEDS exists essentially to provide that education so that practitioners can really come to understand this. And then to the larger question, why, you really just have to think about this like evidence, right? The electronic information that we frequently collect, process, review, and produce often becomes evidence in legal proceedings. And there's rules to getting evidence admitted in courts, whether you're here in the States or anywhere else in the world. You can't just walk in waving around documents saying, I won. Look, here's the email that proves it. It doesn't work that way. You've got to lay some kind of foundation. You've got to prove that what you've got is not fake, that it's authentic. And so getting to electronic information in a way that is, we like to say, sound and defensible is, is essential for anyone who's in litigation, who's conducting investigations, who's responding to a, a regulator's inquiry. That's just essential legal work in today's world, because at the end of the day, all documents are created on computers nowadays. Nobody's writing on, you know, 14-inch yellow legal pads anymore. Can you remember that, though, when you yes. would use like a bait stamp for things? And just like, I, I get carpal tunnel at the idea of having to sit there and write everything out. Ugh. Nightmare. I have a bait stamp on my desk. And one of my like like new employees was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, my God, here's time for a little old history lesson. It was very yeah. fun. Really nerdy, but fun. Is it is it next to your Rolodex? Oh no, he's for everyone listening. He is. He's just held it up. There it is. There it is. I got it from my uncle. He was in his office back in the day, and he was closing down his office. And I looked it up based on the serial number. It's from the 1940s. It's awesome. If you don't know what that is, and you're listening, thank you for listening. (laughs) Take a picture of that and make that like the graphic that goes with the podcast. That's a great idea. Although it's a very niche thing. Half the people are going to be like, what the hell is that thing? Good. will be a mystery. Exactly. To learn what this is, listen to the podcast. (laughs) Exactly right. I want to actually just shift gears for a second. Just to... You guys... Again, e-discovery is so boring. And it's great. I love e-discovery. Hate it at the same time. But you know what I really hate is people in e-discovery. And the reason, as as we're all three people in e-discovery... I am sick of people trying to make e-discovery cool. If I see another person making one of these videos where they like take a song and change the lyrics to be around like document review and they're like grown men or grown women dancing around 
in these like weird like 90s style music videos singing about legal anything i i just am gonna lose it i'm sick of it grown adults should not be tiktoking about e-discovery i can't stand it in case everybody is wondering i'm actually thinking of a, a few specific grown men in particular that do this that just like it irks me and i know it's a personal problem but I'm like, come on, guys. I don't think we should be trying to make eDiscovery cool. I would love to know what you guys think, but to me, I don't think eDiscovery should be trying to be made cool. It's not cool. It's useful. It is reliable. It is dependable. It is a nightmare that is necessary. The thing that's cool about eDiscovery is that you don't have paralegals sitting there shuffling through documents anymore. You can now sit at your home and scan through them on your computer. That's the coolest part of e-discovery. We shouldn't be TikToking about it. I hate it. It's a personal thing that I just need to share with everyone. And I'd like to, to get your thoughts. You know, where do you guys stand on this? I feel the same. I'm, I'm not a big TikTok fan just in general. And so e-discovery TikTok is, uh, is now for me. It's not just the TikToks. It's people taking to LinkedIn, making like five minute, like literally like 90s music videos. Although, like, flashback to anyone that watched um, Total Request Live, TRL on MTV, you have my heart forever, Carson Daly. Incredible. But remaking that with support lyrics? No. Stop it. Michael, where do you where do you stand on this? Do you think eDiscovery is cool and I'm just not cool enough to get it? I, I do think eDiscovery is kind of cool. I mean, I wouldn't say it's, you know, a... a a, a, a frosty drink with an umbrella in the Bahamas, but it's 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 a necessary part of the process. And what I like to say about it, the you know, look, most people don't like go to school for e-discovery, right? You don't major in that in college, right? So most of us fell into this industry. And what I can say is that after 25 or so years of doing this, I can say without hesitation that it was a fantastic career move. It's always interesting. It's never boring. It's 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 a real opportunity if you're looking to to advance in the legal support space. You know whether you're a paralegal or a law clerk or a, a legal assistant somewhere in the world, and you want to demonstrate additional value and skills and knowledge. This is a great opportunity for someone to advance their career. And uh, we we do a number of different sort of live stream events related to career activity in the space. And it's no secret that people who work in e-discovery make more money than people who don't work in e-discovery. So for those listening, I agree with you. I know we're all thinking the same thing. Michael is definitely about to make a 90s music video to e-discovery after this. Kevin, I think, I, I, think I may have made one already. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, way to duck the question there about the TikTok side. I know. It's just like, uh, <laughs> I sorry. mean, I'm not a TikTok fan I, at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> At the you know, but I, I see social media having some redeeming value um, in terms of uh, marketing and promotion. But you know, TikTok, like with the dance, I'm fine with it for Gen Z. I want to be clear: if you know how to use it, and it's your generation, I'm not fine with it for millennials like myself or anybody in the age ranks older than me. Stop it! Remember when you used to roll your eyes because like. <laughs> you know, your parent did something like that's what they're doing to you. Let them have this. This isn't your thing. Like go start a book club. That's just how I feel. It's a, clearly, I'm very passionate about it. But 
I want to go back to some things that we're talking about here when it comes to education. I'm a big fan of continuing education. I love certifications. I take a lot when it comes to cybersecurity because I'm also in cybersecurity and I think there's always new things to learn. But I I think it's always not even just new things to learn in some of these cases. It's really making sure you're understanding what you already know. And so I think that's really important for people that have been in the field for extended periods of time, but haven't gone to get those certifications. It makes you look better on your resume. It makes you look better when you're talking about it to clients. And it really does help you to make sure that what you already know, you're explaining it in the same way that others are hearing it. Kevin and I talk about the EDRM sometimes, and Kevin is a big fan of the EDRM. And to me, I'm over it. I'm past that point of it. But at the same point, I'm not fully over it because it's still relevant. It's still important. So if I don't know what the EDRM is, I still may know e-discovery. But if one of my clients is referring to the EDRM, how am I supposed to relate to them if I'm like, well, I know e-discovery, but I can't speak to that. So I think it's important that you recognize that there are people out there that are learning these things. And if you want to compete with these people, or if you want to be in front of it, you need to start getting these certifications and you need to be continuing your own education and starting your education if you haven't yet. So Michael, you also mentioned that you guys have events. I love parties. Kevin sometimes likes parties depending on the party. What, what are your parties like? What's the, what's the A-set event status? It's usually a combination of uh, some light music, hors d'oeuvres, and uh, I'll say cocktails of your choosing. But in terms of actual events, I would I I should actually promote eDiscovery Day because you know eDiscovery Day is coming, and some people might find it hard to believe that there's an eDiscovery Day. There are actually cities I, I don't remember them off the top. I think San Francisco, where the mayor of the city has declared that that's eDiscovery Day. So this year it's December 7th. Go to eDiscoveryDay.com and you can see all the events that are in line for that day. If you're in, if you're in New York City, we've New York City, we've got an evening event coming up, cocktails and networking and so forth. And there's various events throughout the, the country that, frankly, frankly, throughout the world that are celebrating eDiscovery Day, which is the one day a year where we praise eDiscovery and all of the people in it. What do you think is coming next? Probably some continued merger and acquisition activity, but pretty much holding our own. This this AI thing is kind of throwing everybody for a loop right now. So we'll see how that shakes out. Right now, it's a lot of fluff and marketing and everybody's got a tool. And I think it hasn't really, the, the, the dust hasn't really settled on that yet. And I haven't seen really good sort of e-discovery use cases yet for generative AI, but... I'm sure they're coming and we'll find ways to use them. There's a couple of tools out there that are doing some cool stuff, but it's very hard to predict. The technology is moving very quickly and you know, predict at your own peril is what I like to say. Do you think the mergers are good for the industry? Do you think it's bad? What are your thoughts on that? You know, there's a lot of talk about price increases lately and and I'm I'm wondering if, you know, they they've got it backwards. Like consolidation is supposed to lead to lower pricing, right? <laughs> In, in in other industries, that's the case. But uh, you know, maybe you e-discoveries, think. maybe e-discovery is the edge case that doesn't that where that doesn't apply. I don't know. So, Michael, you love e-discovery. It's clear. It like exudes from you. It's palpable. I can feel it every time I see you. I'm like e-discovery. What, if anything, do you not like about e-discovery? 
oh, what do I not like about e-discovery? That is an interesting question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. I, I don't like when things, obviously, when things go off the rails. And, and I'm not involved in projects anymore. So I'm really just thinking back to when I was working in a law firm. And, and for anyone who doesn't know, I spent 20 years, 25 years working at law firms. So I, I guess what I don't like is the the inability of people to accept that using technology is more efficient than some of the old ways we used to do things. It's always, you know, I've had partners say to me, oh, you're you're taking jobs by being more efficient. You're killing the billable hour. We're built, law firms are built on the billable hour. Well, you know what? There's another side to that. There's opportunity costs. There's ability to deliver more services because you're being more efficient. So I, I guess I don't like some of the the myths that are out there. And I call them mismyths because they're not, they're just, they're wrong. You mentioned eDiscovery Day. What else does you have coming up in 2024? That's the last question as we. Oh, we've got a couple of big items. So stay tuned. Legal Week, we'll be announcing Laura wants to go to a party. We'll have a party at Legal Week. Party. Party. (laughs) I love a party at Legal Uh, Week. And then immediately following Legal Week, I think the end of February, we've got the big uh, University of Florida eDiscovery conference down in Gainesville, Florida. Free online. If anyone's interested, you can Google it and search for the. For the event limited seating in person so if you want to go down to gainesville florida you got to hurry up and register Step and then up. i don't know where we go from there i think there's like arma canada and all kinds of events you know once once the year starts rolling and we get into conference season it's it's non-stop conference well this has been great thanks for coming on the pod today Happy yes to michael before we let you go for everybody listening to this exciting bonus episode around international e-discovery and the executive certificate program a says woo, michael is there anything that you want to leave our guests with uh, would, would encourage folks to go over to aceds.org on the web and check out the the new program and our other offerings join a chapter get involved with aceds learn more about e-discovery that's awesome. my thing Yeah, learn it, do it, step up. For everyone listening, thank you for tuning in today for a very special bonus episode of That Tech Pod. If you haven't, go back to the mail out and uh, check out some of the stuff going on with ACEDS. We have it linked in the mail out as well as Michael's information so you can reach out to him. But if you can't find it or if you just want to chat, reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com and swing on over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. Thanks everybody for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya.